the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. One of the other things, too, that I I appreciate about this story is that Jesus didn't refuse to meet with Nicodemus, even though it's nighttime. He didn't tell Nicodemus, hey, come back tomorrow between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. That's when I'm available. Or, you know, make an appointment. Jesus is always available. Jesus is always available to anyone who seeks him. Anytime, day or night, we can meet with Jesus, and he's available to us. Have you ever felt as though God was simply too busy or distracted to the point that it hindered your desire to seek him in prayer? While many of us might laugh at such a notion, we sometimes fall into the mindset of thinking it could be true. However, as Pastor Dan will remind you in his message today, it doesn't matter what the nature of your prayer is. God always has time for you. In his study, you'll discover more of the loving, willing, and caring nature of God who desires fellowship with you. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of John, chapter 3, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. What he says in verse 8, therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. John says, show fruit that prove, that show that you've repented, and don't think, hey, we're good. We don't need to repent. We're descendants of Abraham. Abraham's our father. We're in automatically. So there's no need for us to repent because of who we are. We're, 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 we're Jews. We've been born into Abraham. It's our birthright. So th- this is what they taught. This is what was their theology, the Pharisees. That heaven was the birthright of every Jewish person. You just had to be born Jewish. And you get to go to heaven. In fact, get this. The Pharisees even taught that Abraham himself sat at the gate of hell. Just in case a Jewish person, their paperwork got mixed up uh, and they got sent to the wrong place. Abraham was there at the gate to save any Jewish person that ended up at the gates of hell and to send them to heaven. So Abraham's there, you know, to take care of you. So that's what the Pharisees believed. They, They believed that you just had to be born a son of Abraham, and you go to heaven. I want you to just tuck that away for a few minutes. Remember that. We'll come back to that in a little bit. Look at verse 1 again. Uh, We're told also that Nicodemus was a ruler 
of the Jewish people. Now, that means he was one of the 71 members of the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was kind of like the Jewish Supreme Court at that time, and it ruled over the religious life of the Jewish people. So Nicodemus, he had a very prominent position within Judaism. He had one of the highest positions a person could hold within Judaism. Uh, look down in verse 10. In verse 10, Jesus calls Nicodemus the teacher of Israel. He doesn't call him a teacher of Israel. He calls him the teacher of all of Israel. That means that Nicodemus was the leading rabbi in the nation. He was the Billy Graham of his country and of his people. That all the nation looked to him for spiritual leadership and spiritual guidance for the nation. Nicodemus was such a prominent leader within Judaism that he's actually mentioned in many places in the writings of the rabbis at that time. Uh, so we, we learn a lot about Nicodemus from you know, extra biblical resources from that time because he was so prominent within Judaism. They wrote about him. For example, we are told in the rabbinical writings uh, that Nicodemus was a well digger by profession. Now, if you don't know, rabbis at that time were not allowed to make a living off of teaching the scriptures. They had to have a trade to earn a living or a side business, a side hustle of some kind to pay the bills. The Apostle Paul was a tent maker. That's how he paid the bills. But he was a teacher of the scriptures. He was a rabbi. We're told that Nicodemus was a well digger. Now, Well digging was very lucrative in the Middle East where there's not a lot of water. In fact, we're also told in the rabbinical writings that Nicodemus was one of the three wealthiest men in all of Jerusalem. He's super rich. And why is that important? It's important because in John chapter 19, verse 39, after Jesus is crucified and he's dead, and Joseph of Arimathea takes his body and is going to bury him, we're told that Nicodemus brings 100 pounds of spices, burial spices, for the body of Jesus, myrrh and aloe. And, that, and you know, that's, that's an extraordinary amount of burial spices that would have been very costly. But Nicodemus was the third richest guy in town. He could afford to buy 100 pounds of myrrh and aloe for the body of Jesus. Uh, the rabbinical writings also record that when Nicodemus became a believer in Jesus, he was reduced to poverty and he died a pauper. Uh, and his story was recorded mainly to warn other Jews against believing in Jesus Christ. That's why they write so much about him and how rich he was and how prominent he was and that he lost it all because he became a follower and a believer in Jesus Christ. So Nicodemus was a man of great wealth. He was uh, prominent in the nation. He was a person of great influence. He was a person of great status socially. And he lost it all for the sake of Jesus Christ. And he died physically poor, but spiritually rich in Christ. And I don't know about you. I'd rather die physically poor and spiritually rich in Christ than die physically rich and spiritually poor apart from Christ. You have much greater riches in Christ than you could ever have in this world. Jesus said, 
What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? But in the end, when he dies, he loses his soul. Your soul and the salvation of your soul is more valuable than all the riches this world could ever offer. And so Nicodemus, he was willing to lose it all for the sake of Jesus Christ. We're going to look at verse 2 now. In verse 2, we're told that Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. Now, it doesn't tell us why he came by night, just that he came by night. We don't know where he came to when he met with Jesus. Maybe the Garden of Gethsemane. We know that Jesus often stayed in Gethsemane when he was in Jerusalem. Uh, but he came to Jesus by night. and We don't know why. We could speculate. Uh, and there's a lot of different speculations about why he came by night. Uh, the, most, the most popular speculation about why he came by night is that he was afraid. Uh, that he was afraid of, uh, that if people find out that he's meeting with Jesus, that he might lose his position. Uh, he might lose uh, his place in society as a leader of the Jewish people. So he came under the cover of darkness. That's the most commonly accepted explanation. It could be also that nighttime was just the only time that Nicodemus was available. You know, maybe during the day he's doing whatever Pharisees do during the day. He's busy and only come at night. It could also be that uh, he came by night because he could meet with Jesus one-on-one by night. The crowds are gone, right? Everybody's gone home. Jesus is alone. He's with his disciples, maybe. And it's a, and it's a time, it's an opportunity where Nicodemus can get face-to-face with Jesus and have uninterrupted time with Jesus. Maybe that's why he came by night. We can't say for sure. You know, one thing we can do, though, is we can follow the example of Nicodemus and seek Jesus and seek time with Jesus and spend time one-on-one with Jesus Christ, just like Nicodemus did. One of the other things, too, that I, I appreciate about this story is that Jesus didn't refuse to meet with Nicodemus, even though it's nighttime. He didn't tell Nicodemus, hey, come back tomorrow between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. You know, that's when I'm available. Or, you know, make an appointment. Now, Jesus is always available. Jesus is always available to anyone who seeks him. Anytime, day or night, we can meet with Jesus, and he's available to us. Look at what Nicodemus said to Jesus in verse 2. Now, watch what he says. He says, Rabbi, he calls him teacher. We know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Nicodemus said, we know that you are a teacher come from God. Now, who's the we there? It's it's the other religious leaders. It's the members of the Sanhedrin. The members of the Sanhedrin, along with Nicodemus, they knew. Nicodemus even admits it here. We know that you are a teacher Come from God. So they've been they've been talking about Jesus. They know that he's from God. Now, these are the same men that will condemn Jesus, take him to Pilate to be crucified. But they know he's from God. We know you are a teacher come from God. And they were they're actually wrong about Jesus. Jesus was not a teacher come from God. He was God come to teach. Right. He's God in the flesh. No, John chapter 1, verse 14. 
He's God in the flesh. He came down from heaven to the earth to teach mankind about himself and the way of eternal life. And I love Jesus's response to Nicodemus in verse three. Jesus just ignores what Nicodemus says, and he gets right to the point with Nicodemus. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Now, do you remember what I said earlier about the Pharisees and what they believed about who gets into heaven, right? They believed, oh, you just got to be born a Jewish person. You just got to be a son of Abraham and you're in. You get to go to heaven. And Jesus now says to them, you must be born again or you're not going to see the kingdom of God. You're not even going to get close to making it in. In other words, what Jesus is saying in part to Nicodemus is, What you believe about heaven is wrong. How a person gets into heaven, Nicodemus, what you believe is wrong. You got it wrong. You're not going to get in just because you're a son of Abraham. And listen, maybe you're here today and what you believe about heaven and how a person gets into heaven, maybe it's wrong. You might have it wrong. I, I would say in my experience, just living in this world, living in our culture and being a pastor, most people have it wrong. You know, the, the, the prevalent doctrine in our culture, the theology of our culture is all you got to do to get into heaven is die. Everybody goes to heaven. Doesn't matter what kind of life they live. You go to the funeral. You're such a good person is in such a better place now. You know, and they could have lived like hell their whole life, but they're in a better place now. Our culture, the doctrine is all you got to do is die and you get into heaven. That's wrong. It's wrong. Nicodemus was wrong in what he believed. And Jesus tells him. And Nicodemus, uh, Jesus tells Nicodemus, it's not enough to be born a son of Abraham. That's not even going to get you close to heaven, he says. He said, you must be born again. And what does that mean? What does it mean to be born again? That's a name that is sometimes used in a negative way. Oh, so you're a born again Christian. <laughs> you're a born againer. I had someone tell me one time, well, I think you can be a Christian, but you don't have to be born again. Like there's two different categories, right? There's the regular Christians, and then there's born again Christians. And you don't have to be a born again Christian if you don't want to be a born again Christian. Look, look at your Bible. Jesus said, Jesus said, he's the one who came up with this whole idea of being born again. Jesus said, unless one is born again, He cannot see the kingdom of God. Forget about getting in. You're not even going to see it. Down in verse 7, he said, you must be born again. 
Born again is not a separate category within Christianity. It's the only category. You're either born again or you're not. That's the only category, a born again Christian. For someone to get into heaven, he or she must be born again, according to Jesus. And listen, listen, I want you don't don't miss this. Jesus says this to Nicodemus. Of all the people. He says this to Nicodemus. He tells Nicodemus, you got to be born again. Nicodemus was devout. Nicodemus was religious. He was morally good. He was a spiritual leader among his people. He knew the scriptures well. He was the teacher of the scriptures for all of Israel. And Jesus said to him, a guy like him, you're not even going to get close to heaven. Unless you're born again. You know, we cannot get into heaven by being religious or moral or a good person or by coming to church or by memorizing the Bible or by teaching Sunday school. None of that will get us into heaven. You must be born again. You must be born again. That's the only way. Okay, so what does it mean to be born again? The word, the phrase born again, it literally means to be born from above. It means to have a spiritual birth. We've all had a physical birth. I know that because you're sitting here. But it's not enough to have a physical birth. You have to have a spiritual birth or you must be born again, born a second time, if you will, by the spirit of God. In Ephesians chapter two, it says we that we all come into this world dead in our trespasses and sins, and we must be made spiritually alive by God. Now, when Jesus said, uh, when Jesus told Nicodemus, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus didn't get it. He didn't get it. Look at what it says. He didn't understand what Jesus meant in verse four. Nicodemus said to him, how? How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? He's way off here, man. He is not tracking with Jesus at all on this whole thing about being born again. You know, you can picture him with his hands on his head saying, how? How is that even possible that you can be born again? I mean, you supposed to enter into your mother's womb. How? Now, look, Jesus explains, he says in verse five, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, and born of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, the phrase born of water, it simply refers to physical birth. Physical birth. When a woman goes into labor, her labor begins with what? Her water breaking. My water just broke. Right? We use that kind of terminology still today. We talk about physical birth. So born of water is just speaking of physical birth. And Jesus says here to qualify for entrance into the kingdom of God, we must have two kinds of birth, physical birth and we must be born of the spirit or a spiritual birth. You must be born of water and born of the spirit. And then he tells us that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, You must be born 
again. So you, 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 I kind of wonder if Nicodemus just had this super puzzled look on his face when Jesus said, don't marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. You can tell by the look on his face. I have no idea what you're talking about. Now, if you're here uh, and you're thinking the same thing, like what are, what are you talking about, born again? What does that even mean? What's, what's the, how do you do that? What's the process? Well, Jesus in verse 8 now describes what it means to be born again. And what he does here is he compares spiritual birth to the wind and the way that the wind works. And, and what he's doing here in verse 8, it's really a play on words. Because in the Greek, the word for wind and the word for spirit, it's the same word in the Greek, pneuma. He says in verse 8, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Jesus says, you, you know, you hear the wind when it blows, but you can't, you can't see the wind. You can't see where the wind comes from or where the wind goes. Now, you can listen. You can see the effect of the wind, but you can't see the wind. But you see the effect of the wind. You probably saw pictures uh, from Hurricane Michael that hit the Gulf Coast of Florida near Panama City Beach back on October 10th. And you saw the pictures of the the devastation. You saw the effect of the wind. You didn't see the wind, but you could see the effect of the wind on those communities down there. And Jesus says here, so is everyone born of the spirit. You see the effect of the spirit in a person's life. Now, just like when you saw those pictures of Hurricane Michael uh, in, in northern Florida, you saw the effect. How many of you saw some of the before and after pictures, right, where it would show like a neighborhood before the storm and it would show it afterwards and it's gone? You see some, anybody raise your hand if you saw those pictures? Yes, yeah, some of you saw them, right? You, you, you could see the before and after. If you didn't know there was a hurricane, a Category 4 hurricane that came ashore there and you saw those before and after pictures, you know what you would say? Something happened, right? Something happened. Because I can tell. Because this is what it looked like before, and this is what it looks like now. Something happened. So it is with the Spirit of God. When a person is born again by the Spirit, you can see the effect of the Spirit in that person's life. And you see something's happened to this person. They're different. They're changed. They're not who they were before. He asked me how I know. If you missed any part of today's message or would like to hear more of Pastor Dan's teachings from 1 John, you can do so right now at calvaryec.com. Just click on media. In fact, there's an entire library of Pastor Dan's messages that you're welcome to listen to and even share with friends and family. Would you do us a favor? Would you join us in praying for the ministry of Ring of Truth? Please. Pray for Pastor Dan and everyone involved in this program that we would continue to listen and respond to what our Heavenly Father has to say. Pray, too, for your brothers and sisters in Christ listening along with you, that they would be protected from the enemy and that the truth and blessing of Scripture would fuel their passion for following the Lord. Thank you for taking the time to pray. Though our time with you is at an end for today, 
we'd like to encourage you not to shut your Bible just yet. Continue reading in the book of 1 John or take some time to explore any of the other 65 books in God's Word. Each one reveals new aspects of your relationship with your Creator and will open your eyes to His purpose and plans for this world and for you. We pray you are blessed richly as you continue an extended time of learning from Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today and join us next time for another edition of Ring of Truth. Good night.